The choice of a lawyer is important and shouldn't be based on an ad. After a serious car accident, people have two questions. Why me and what now? Well, no one knows why you, but I'm Terry Crouppen, and my law firm, Brown & Crouppen, sure can help with the what now. Car repairs, medical bills, lost wages, pain and suffering. We're Brown & Crouppen, and we've got all those answers. All you have to do is call. 222-2222. Rise and shine, St. Louis. It's the Ryan Kelly Morning After on KPNT-FM HD2, Collinsville, St. Louis. At the Morning After STL on YouTube and on TMASTL.com. With Tim McKernan, Doug Vaughn, Iggy Strode, The Plowboy, and Action Jackson. 707 in St. Louis, you are listening to the Ryan Kelly Morning After. Welcome to the Munganass, St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota, 7 o'clock hour. From the McLobo Studios, Timothy Michael McKernan, Kenneth Iggy Strode is back. He is sitting in Douglas Elvin Vaughn's chair because Douglas Elvin Vaughn uh, did not come back from Monte Carlo yesterday. So he is, uh, Doug, you're still over in Monte Carlo. It's too nice here. And I, I saw some of my neighbors. I saw Jeff and I saw Elon and, Elon. and Gatesy and Warren. They were they were all there uh, just outside my flat. So, you know, we, we took the yacht out and I just, I don't want to come back yet. I'm sorry. What's the weather like in Monte Carlo, Doug? Oh, it's like 75 degrees, sunny, slight breeze. They don't have Perfect an yachting team. Yeah. yeah, that didn't yeah. make the playoffs. Yeah. So, an eight team. Think about that. Next time you want to brag about Monte Carlo and become unrelatable. Mm. Well, I'm in your chair today, Doug. I don't, I'm not used to being over here. How, how's it treating you? Well, how do you like it? Well, I'm used to looking the other way. Uh-oh, we got a problem. This way. Well, why did you move? Why didn't you stay in your normal spot? Uh, Jackson said something to do with the camera over there. You got to use a camera to be in the upper right-hand corner or something like that. Yep. Oh, Doug, why do you demand that your camera yeah. has to be in the upper right-hand corner? You're already on a yacht in Monte Carlo. Do you need yeah, anything else? Good point, Plowhawk. Uh, uh, Jackson is back in the Horton Watkins studio. So if you want to talk it over with him, he's available via uh, the phone line six three six nine zero zero four TMA. Email in for our design, air, heating, and cooling. Email today, the, the morning after at InsideSTL.com. Be a friend of the feather by texting in the EDF group text inbox. 314-881-TMA5. And don't forget, coming up at the Dotum, which is fast approaching. I mean, we are two weeks. Am I hearing my computer? I apologize. No, my volume's off. Do you guys hear anything? Mm-mm. What are you hearing? I don't know. I don't, is there something else playing? Nurse. There shouldn't be. Well, I don't know. I don't hear don't anything. Hear, I don't hear anything. All right. I, I apologize. But I heard it again. There it was. Uh, you heard it too? No. I'm dead serious. I hear it. What sort of noises? I think it's like feedback from our show. Oh gosh, I hope not. Uh-oh. But nothing's huh? not like our uh, our feed isn't on and our uh, automation is off currently. But all ox is fine. All of the oxes are up and running. Doug, I hear whistles. Either way. Oh, I heard it oh, again. I heard that I heard that. One. Oh, did you? I heard that. I one. didn't. Watch this. Hear that? I didn't hear it. No. There's there's like a split second delay. Hear that? Maybe your headphones talk. are too high. No, because no, I heard I heard the I've heard it one time so far. So when I talk and pause, you hear that, Iggy? Mm-mm. Jackson, do you hear it? Yes. Okay. And we're underway. <laughs> I know the old can't that. hear it. I assume it's coming. I decided in, <laughs> it's something of that adding... you have to be forty six or younger to hear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> instead of adding a, a fifth producer. I think maybe Higgy and I need our own private nurses to get through this show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if, if Hubbard stand were behind a, us. a P&L, what would cost less? The, the, the nurse, who would probably be 1099, uh, independent contractor, or a, a full-time producer, and all that comes with it. Uh, you know, health insurance, 401k. I realize that can be an inconvenience, but... Uh, yeah, I, I think that's something that we run up the flagpole and say, hey, as opposed to another producer, would you guys be interested in just a nurse? <laughs> <laughs> we know. are going to need our blood pressure taken and our oxygen readings. You can't go three hours without that. <laughs> Even at this age, my hearing is the one thing that is perfect with me. I don't have any problem with my hearing. But I don't hear that. I just start, so it works. It's all going on in your microphone, too. Really? Uh, yeah, so it's not just my microphone. Let me take a look here because I get the sense that they're not happy in the, uh, uh, the feedback is probably those two kids playing Cowboys and Guardians. 
<laughs> in the parking lot on walkie-talkies. That's Alan Dadeville. Everybody knows how I play number 10 at Gateway. <laughs> well, after a couple of days off. What a off, wonderful text in so many different ways. After a couple of days off, I'm sure I'll get blamed for that, too. For what? For the feedback. Oh, Iggy comes back and there's feedback. I don't know if this one would fall under your umbrella. I don't know how it can. I, I just, it's, it's, it, I don't know how to explain it. I mean, it, now that I'm aware of it, I won't let it distract me. What I thought was my phone was on, or I didn't have my volume turned on, down um, on my laptop. Laptop. Now, well, either way, Doug, uh, the Dotem pre-party is coming up two weeks from today. EDF is the sponsor of it. And at the Dotem, they're doing a raffle. They'll be selling raffle tickets at the night before party at Maggie O'Brien's Sunset Hills. Come one, come all. Lisa and dating game. If you want to participate, team or current at InsideSTL.com. Uh, as well as uh, they'll be uh, selling the raffle tickets on their hole at Normandy. 100% of the proceeds are going to birdies for bipolar. Uh, you'll fill out your name, sell, email, and TMA will draw the winner on the air uh, the following week. Uh, raffle prize donated by the EDF group will be the following. Dinner for four at Olive and Oak with wine pairings. Four field box cardinal tickets, $250 gift card. How do you do? How do you do? That's a that's a that's a at least a thousand plus dollars worth of uh, prize oh, yeah. pack there. <clears throat> the uh, four course meal with wine pairing that's mm. for four, but that's three courses with the wine pairing because uh, they give that to me for gobble bowl every year. That's about a $600 value. There you go. Oh, uh, wow. They're also uh, the EDF crews put together the dinner for Lisa Ann and the winning couple for the Lisa Ann dating game. So uh, EDF group hosting this dinner, taking care of Lisa Ann, and the winners at Olive and Oak for that as well. Uh, they'll have fireball shots at their hole. It's all coming up here at the Dotem. And we have the pre-party two weeks from tonight in the festivities at Normandy, presented by Michelob Ultra as we partner with Birdies for Bipolar, along with uh, Munganas, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota, and Family Golf for the Dotem EDF group. Very, very pleased to be sponsoring the Lisa Ann dating game and the pre-party. Uh, all right, let's see. I am 100% convinced the janitors come into your studio after hours and mess with the audio because they want their closet back. That's from yeah. Kevin's brother, Jack Demo. Well, that could be. Yeah, we had a situation yesterday that we had to resolve. I see all the uh, wrapping is the back janitor. up. It looks good. The wrapping is back. What are you saying, Plowhawk? I said we did have issues a little bit yesterday, and I don't know if it was What the are the janitor. issues now? The janitors were messing with your board? No, everything's <laughs> fine now, but we had a bypass situation. that. Uh... Doug, we had a bypass situation. What does that mean? <laughs> When bypass is on, that means we're able to use the mics to record podcasts, to listen to, you know, music or audio without it going through the air. So, like, you can oh. have bypass on, you can pot down our pot to the show, and it will still play over the air. However, when it is finicky or malfunctioning like it was yesterday, unbeknownst to me, we started a sound story, and all the mics that immediately went on go over the air. Oh, the sound oh. story was on the air, Doug. Not, okay. When I say it, I say about the first minute and a half, potentially maybe two minutes at max, was immediately told about it, stopped the sound story, turned the pop back up to continue the show, went to another booth to re-record the sound story. While that was oh. happening, I talked to Marshall and Rutledge, Two great people, and they fixed it. Oh, is that right? Oh, it is fixed. But, yeah, we did run into a little bit of an issue, and it, I, I assure you it was not the janitor. Janitors were not here. <laughs> I don't even know if we have – I don't even know if we have them. We do. Okay. Yeah, we do. I saw them. Hopefully they're on their way working on the fountain. Oh, they were, dude, Iggy and Mint, they're grinding on it. They have three or four employees on that whole scene. Every was, day. Was Grumpy down there? Every day. No, I haven't seen him. It's his, uh, his Bobo. <sighs> I've got earbuds in, and I can hear this feedback. That's from the Lake St. Louis Island boy. Well, I don't know. There's what an island doing. boy in Lake St. Louis? <laughs> so if you think you're going to expect me to fix it, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what this is. KG in O-Town, oh. who is uh, not here today, just sent in a picture of beer cats with, like, a tatted-up girl he's holding up over his shoulders. But that's not Hot Wife Autumn. Well, this beer cat's, Doug, he's just... I don't know why KG in O-Town has the picture. He's a raw bone lover boy, that's for sure. I think he's bartending now. Beer cats? I, I see posts of him saying, come see me now, I'll be behind the bar from 5 to Nimnet 1 or what, 2. What tavern? Nimnet. What saloon? It wasn't. Nim Nims? It wasn't. Yeah, that's a new bar out there. That's dark alley term for late at night. Somewhere between 10 and 3. Um, not Angry Beaver. I don't know what the name of it is. <laughs> 
Well, that's a noble profession. Well, you meet a lot of girls when you bartend. Do you? I used to bartend. Do you ever bartend, Iggy? Uh, I only did when I came back from Bermuda in the off-season, and I would get bored because I was home from, like, right before Christmas till March. And, I didn't, and it's cold. There's nothing to do. So I just said, eh. I went back to Nantucket Cove where I tended, uh, where I waited tables before I went to Bermuda. And they let me 10 bar, like, four nights huh. a week. And I can't tell you how, that was, how many I added to that 500 in that job. How many did you add? Quite a few. Like two or three or 20? No, probably five or six in the five years. Oh, did you? Uh, Stephen Wildwood says that picture is of Sadie. She, he initially said she's beat. He then changed it to she's neat. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're looking at her. She's beat. Rudy, by the way. Yeah, right. you can see it here. You can see Beer Cat with. Eh, not bad for him. <laughs> oh, gosh. Damn. Oh, wow. Damn. I mean, you never go after a Milagro Tequila listener of the month. Oh, he went after me on Twitter. I had to. Beer Cats went after you on Twitter? Yeah, I was sniping back, taking a poop at like 4 30 this morning. So take that. Boy, the things that are going on on the Twitter tweets. So, what were you, what you were, you were tweeting from the toilet <laughs> and Beer Cats was responding? Why? Well, I, I did a late night tweet. You know, I like to always fire off a tweet right before nighttime. Yeah, you know, right before bed, just settle in, just get a nice tweet. <laughs> Let it simmer I, overnight. I, I, see <laughs> you, I see you've switched your avatar from drinking a cigar to John Mazzillock on the phone. I think it is now a perfect time to switch that avatar. Spring ball, you know, it's gone. We're waiting for uh, the season to start, so I think most airlocks are perfect. I, I did a younger version. <laughs> Very skinnier with glasses. I like those. Oh, God. I, I, okay, so there'll be a... The Plowhawk tweet, did this, uh, oh, wow, it got 177 likes. That's big for you. That's got to feel good. I think Hubbard gives you a bonus when you get more than 100 likes. It's a lot of people who I don't know, so I, I, nobody important. Uh, the uh, tweet, Doug, uh, is a quote tweet of okay. uh, the Cardinals' announcement of the Stiefel partnership with the patch now on the, uh, on the uniforms, and the Cardinals tweeted out 15 hours ago, for over 100 years, Stiefel has been a part of the fabric of downtown St. Louis. Today, they join the fabric of the St. Louis Cardinals as our official jersey patch partner. And the Plowhawk uh, was enthused about the announcement and said, love the partnership, but the optics of a last-place team holding a press conference about more money being funneled into the organization without said organization or origination, auto-spell, correct? Yeah. Uh, spending more money to compete is truly hilarious. That's from the Plowhawk. I got to tell you something. I agree 100% with the Plowhawk. I don't know if I actually, I wouldn't use the adjective hilarious. I would use the adjective tone deaf. I it saw is. the tweet yesterday from friend of the show, regular here now on TMA, on Tuesdays, MLB.com writer John Denton. He's with us on Thursdays on 101 ESPN. And uh, I saw that there was going to be a press conference at 4 o'clock, but I saw that it was Bill DeWitt third who was hosting it. So I knew as probably some fans did as well as I'm sure any media member knew that that wasn't going to be baseball related. And so I knew that inevitably between the announcement of those tweets from the ball riders and what the press conference was about, there was going to be rage from the fan base. I didn't know what the announcement was. I just knew it was going to be business related. And then when they announced the Stiefel patch, this is a, this is a prime example of doing things the wrong way. Uh, this has nothing to do with taking a look around the National League standings and seeing Patrick Wisdom leads the league in home runs or taking a look around the American League stat leaders and seeing Adolis Garcia leads the American League in RBIs or Randy Arozarena or Zach Gallen having a scoreless inning streak now at 28 at last. At, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just giving you facts. You know, I'm not a big Twitter guy. I just do my facts here. Uh, but as far as uh, tone deaf goes, you you have to have somebody in the organization go, you know what, this is probably a substantial financial deal with Stiefel. And internally, I would imagine they are having some real concerns about their television deal. And I understand all of that. And it is a business, even though I know the fans observe it through the prism of it being leisure. For them, it's a business. And I respect all of that. But still, part of the business is having some awareness of what your audience is feeling. And your audience is pissed off. And the last thing the audience wants, the audience being the fans, is you to come home and the first thing you do is announce a jersey patch, which you know is a financial arrangement. 
it's just tone deaf is all hell. I got no problem with the jersey patch. It's the way sports is gone. It's certainly all over soccer and in Europe. Fine, whatever. But damn it, I'm telling you, I would have called an audible and said, let's hold off on the announcement. We can do the announcement next week. What does it matter? Because um, it was truly tone deaf. Does it matter in the whole scheme of things? Absolutely not. But as far as having the fine hand, Doug, that's an Italian phrase. I can't recall mm. the Italian on it. I took Latin four years, and I haven't been able to really utilize it here. Uh, but the Latin and the Italian, I know they're somewhat close. Either way, there's a, there's a bedside manner to managing public relations, and this was just tone deaf. And so, Plowhawk, I got to say, uh, I would uh, the only thing I would change about what you wrote is whole, you call it truly hilarious, I call it truly tone deaf. Yeah, and I saw, and I didn't think about that, Roy, the tone deafness until you see everybody tweeting. I mean, if you look at that tweet that I quote tweeted and just go through, obviously, the thousands of replies, I mean, tone deaf is a pretty common theme. And, oh, is that is that what people are saying? Oh, I yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's, uh, and I think a press release would have been fine. And the partnership would probably huge. I think, and no, I, 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 press release, if, if, if Stiefel's spending millions of dollars for this, I understand you want to make a big deal out of it. That's why they made the video. I understand all of that. I'm sure that was part of the terms of the agreement. And I have, that's great. That's business and that's smart. God bless America. And again, I still think something that's running either when you call it parallel or, you know, under the current of what is going on is what is going on with Bally's, and it's not just the impact that it's had on fans and how big of a disaster. I went to watch the post game this morning on the Bally's app, and there's Mike Schilt still, uh, you know, but I, you know, go on the dark web to find the Ali Marmol comments from last night. Uh, but that that it's it's cost them money, and it is going to cost them money, and they have a real situation with that. So you got to make some money elsewhere. Fine, that's business. God bless. But there is a way in which to handle an announcement. And you might go, well, press release, well, Stiefel wants it to be a big deal. Stiefel wants the announcement. That was likely part of the terms. But I think if you're the Cardinals, you go, we're going to hold off on the announcement. Let's let's wait until it's a, it's a better time. And they can say, well, well, the patches are already on the jerseys. I don't know. You get plenty of jerseys in the, in the, in the ballpark. It's just it's a tone-deaf thing because all it was going to do was aggravate the fan base, and you have to be aware of that. Just like starting off the offseason by saying we're going to spend more money, and then you meet with the third baseman who could opt out and make another $100 million, and your your signing is Wilson Contreras. And your signing for pitching over the last two years was a guy who can't possibly be out there again in Steven Matz uh, anytime soon, especially with Matthew Libertor carrying a 2.14 ERA at Memphis. So... I'm telling you, man, this this operation has had a, a couple decades of equity, and I understand that, and it's deserved. But they are doing a whole lot to uh, to damage it here over the last seven or eight months. I thought maybe the better move yesterday, if you wanted to make an announcement, was to announce that you're wearing a Mike Shannon 18 patch on yeah. your jersey. Yeah. That would have been unbelievable. People would have gone, okay, yeah. get it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then maybe do the steeple thing a few days down the road or next week or something, but... I think Mike Shannon should have been the story yesterday. Well, I think I think Derek Gould might have answered a question uh, on Facebook or Twitter where he says, you know, these things aren't made in a day. It takes a while to stitch all of these up and get them on the uniform. So <clears throat> I think they'll do that eventually, but they won't have a press conference for him. I just for don't what? understand no. it. For the Shannon patch. For the Shannon patch. That oh, the Shannon patch. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, to be honest, that, that, that would have made more sense, Doug, of course. I, that didn't even cross my mind. I saw it, and I thought, because I don't think that they would have necessarily had a press conference for it, like what you just said, Iggy, they, that they would just do it. So I saw it, and I'm like, okay, this is a business deal of some kind. I thought it might actually have something to do with television, but if that were the case, that would be much more macro than micro. And by that, I mean it would be an MLB thing. It wouldn't be a specific to the Cardinals. Cardinals aren't going to do their own Cardinal network, no matter how much fans would like to see it and I would include myself in that category I just don't think that's the the route that they will go um so yeah just absolutely tone deaf but I mean unfortunately that's kind of the way that the operation works and I guess if you feel like you're invincible you can do some things that that come across as brazen and I would say that regarding you know it's certainly two totally different things but you know Kroenke and Demoff doing their interview with Sam Farmer on the plane from Houston to Los Angeles in the L.A. Times talking about how essentially they pulled off the hit of St. Louis 
and you're going, oh my god! I mean, they're de- they're they're essentially detailing the crime, but they they know they're not going to face any ramifications for it. And here, you know, the fans will continue to show up. But this is a ten and twenty team, and uh, they were ten and nineteen before that. And it's not like people were on board, but some people I think thought that there might be some kind of move made. I know they, you know, demoted Zach Thompson. I don't think people were necessarily thinking that. If they have a week, I said this at the outset on this show and on 101 ESPN, if they have a week where they go 2-4 and four or worse when you're playing the Angels, who are now two games over 500, and the Detroit Tigers, who are comparable to the Cardinals as far as sucking goes, except they didn't have expectations this year, I would be shocked if there is not a move made. Now, let me make this clear. That doesn't mean they're firing Ali Marmol. Um, but some kind of move made. But what I would, would tell you is this is so unique for the Cardinals and for most of our audience's lifetime, but specifically for Bill DeWitt, you have, a, uh, you have no pattern of past practice to use as some semblance of a precedent to go, okay, here's how he's going to handle a situation like this. And you may point to the Matheny firing. That had been building up. For a while, I interviewed Mike Matheny for the podcast in February of 2018, and he himself in the podcast goes, I know if we don't start off well, I know what's coming. He knew it. He knew it because that was building up. This is out of nowhere. But in Bill DeWitt's tenure as Cardinal owner, they have had a run to the NLCS in, in 1996 and then the Mark McGuire years, 97 through 99, and then 2000 to present day competitive years, if not NLCS appearances or division championships or playoff appearances. Now, their counter might be, well, we've been to the playoffs the last four years. But going to the playoffs in baseball is is a lot like going to a bowl now in college football. It doesn't mean what it meant 30 years ago. And either way, the fan base is beyond irritated. And all you did was poke them a little more with the Stiefel announcement. And and then you go out and for nothing. And what's the post game like again? God bless America. Well, you know, I know he started bad, but look at the the four innings that Steve and Matt's had. I go, God, how is this possible? <laughs> you you come back from a homestand, you're talking about a clean slate for the month of May, and you're down four nothing in the first inning. And now we're gonna tickle everybody's balls and go, yeah, but he's pitched well in two through five. Stop it, for God's sakes. It's just insulting to people's intelligence. Yeah, if you're going to throw people like O'Neill under the bus for something that wasn't even a major thing, you know, start being honest. Well, he sucked for four innings and put us in a hole and we couldn't get out of it. Uh, Ali Marmol talked after the game. Uh, here is uh, the clip number one, Plowhawk. Maybe you tapped into the answer there, but we've talked so much about the pitching rotation, about the lack of hitting or, or timely hitting. But how about you, as a second-year manager? This has got to be one of the most daunting tasks you've faced in your young career. Oh, if you allow it, go ahead and finish your question. How are you? I appreciate it. I'm doing well. Um, it's uh, it's obviously frustrating. Um, but we're not going to let it be a distraction. What's going on right now? We're going to stay uh, true to what we believe our process is and what it, what works. Um, yeah, today was was obviously frustrating. You, you go into a game after a day off and you want to get after it, and we weren't unable to do that. But we're going to keep going. Yeah, they just they just can't hit a lick right now. And when you when you don't hit, you look flat. You look uninterested. Un, not exciting to watch the team. Unless Goldschmidt does it, nobody hits. They're getting nothing out of their outfield. And now tonight they get to face Shohei Otani on the yeah, mound. So cool. it'll be on the no-hitter perfect game watch I hope. He's watch on list. the Foreskins, too. I'll be rooting for Otani for sure. Foreskins, yeah, too. Is... Of course, the Plowhawks, uh, very dangerous fantasy baseball club. Mm-hmm. It's, it's teams And, like, Marmol, it seems like he's a little in over his head. He had a great year last year, but... I feel like a, like when when it, his back is against the wall, it seems like the team doesn't have his back either. It, like I know they're playing. So what do you flat. base that on? I, I, it's not the O'Neill thing. That was what twenty some games ago. But it, it seemed like it started with that. And I don't know. I guess it, is it possible that every player is kind of slumping all at the same time offensively? I guess I get it, but yeah, I feel like there's something more than just that. I don't know. So just to give you, uh, I think the, I mean, listen, I'll, it, it, they're not going to fire John Mazalock. He just signed an extension. Mm-hmm. I don't blame this on Ali Marmol, and I may have been the most vocal critic of of what took place with the Tyler O'Neill thing. I have no idea. I don't listen to other stuff, so I don't know. Maybe there was somebody who went nuts about it, beats the hell out of me. But I was certainly vocal about it here, and, and Doug was too. And, and I didn't even know that you were. I just said I was a little surprised by that. And then Doug, and then we went 
kind of. But but here's the bottom line. Somebody just sent in a text going, "Do you think that it's possible?" Read the text exactly. Uh, do you think Tim? Oh man, do you think it's possible that they are? not playing with passion because of the O'Neill thing in Marmol, and I wanted to read. Oh, here it is. Tim, is there a chance that the team has quit on Marmol because of the way he handled the Tyler O'Neill deal the first week of the season? That's from the thumb out of water. No, and my reasoning for that is you have a job, and with any job, there can be, especially if it's in the public eye, there can be noise on the outside, but you still have a job to do, and once you're doing the job, you're not thinking about the noise on the outside. And if you are thinking about the noise on the outside, then you probably haven't been able to compartmentalize throughout your career and that means you probably didn't get to the level where you're playing in a Major League Baseball stadium anyway. You have a job to do, and you also have pride, and most likely you're a competitor, and you're not thinking about, oh, yeah, that press conference with Ali Marmol a, a month ago. That's not the way that it works. But the issue with the team is roster construction. That's the issue. Now, Marmol or a pitching coach or a hitting coach might have to be a hostage who is whacked because of the situation, but everyone going into the season knew that the pitching staff was questionable. There's absolutely no number one. There might be a guy who on a championship team would be a two or three in Michaelis. You're hoping beyond hope Jack Flaherty returns to some semblance of the second half of 2019, even though logic would dictate otherwise, based on the fact that he has a shoulder tear. And then you have Jordan Montgomery, who at the moment is pitching above his skis. So that's the pitching staff. And then, as I said, you go and you look at the statistics around Major League Baseball for the league leaders, and you go, okay, well, who's leading the American League in RBIs? Adolis Garcia. Uh, he's got 30. Guess who's second? Randy Arozarena. Oh, for heaven's sakes. Then you go to the National League, and you go, well, who's leading the league in home runs? Patrick Wisdom. Who's leading the National League in wins? Zach Gallen. Oh, no. Who's leading the National League? <laughs> So, I mean, you, you go, not only do you have what you have with the Cardinals, but you look around, you go, here are a bunch of former Cardinals who you acquired nothing for who are killing it with other teams. But I, I don't know what's what's happened here. I know, I don't know, I'm going to get into a dangerous area if I start talking about the, why, the way the team is covered and why, but, you know, yeah, it, it's there isn't a whole lot of, uh, you know, where have you gone, Joe Strauss? I suppose is what I would say, and I'm, that's not limited to, the, you know, writing. That's limited. That's 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 across the board. It's just not. Uh, it's not a market that is usually really receptive to criticism of home teams. And it's one thing if it's somebody who just you know is on Twitter or has a podcast or something like that. But the reality is the platform of take your pick of whatever credible outlet, and then being a critic can have. An impact, and uh, and I just don't know if there's a whole lot of that there. This is a this is a mess. Now, I still would say that I think they will turn this around, just because they can't possibly be as bad as they are at the moment. I can't imagine that that's the case. I mean, I'd bet all day long that they're going to have a better winning percentage over their next 132 games than they have their first 30. But with that said, they are a 10 and 20 baseball team. And there are so many issues with it that it, it, maybe I'm just saying this based on the 20-plus years of track record that inevitably it's going to turn around, and it's not. But I look at the lineup and I go, I can't possibly continue this way. Just mainly just Nolan Arenado is, is, is one obvious one. Um, but I'm looking at it, and, 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 and there's the issue with what's on the team, and then you look around the league leaders and see who they are, and then when you go, well, the Cardinals got who for these players? Doug Patrick Wisdom. Was that a landmark trade, big acquisition? I, I, I think they, they didn't just release him, did they? They didn't give him much of a shot. When he came up, he was okay. Yes, he was. I mean, he looks like a hell of a player. Just looking at him, he's a big, strong guy. Dolores Garcia, Rosarena had the Instagram st- stream. That's why that was done. I think that caused a problem between Schilt and Mazalock. Maybe someday somebody will write about it. Maybe they won't. I, you know, so uh, you know, it's, it's, it's off the rails. The World Series is 2011. Pennant was 2013. There's been one L- NLCS win since 2014. The Cardinals might say, well, we've been to the playoffs the last four years. It's great. A lot of teams go to the playoffs. It's not the hockey, you know, it's not the hockey playoffs or the NBA playoffs yet, but it's moving in that direction. And they said at the out- outset of the offseason, we're going to spend more money. And you're going, okay, 
great. God bless. You meet with Nolan Arenado. He decides not to opt out. And then what do you do? You get Wilson Contreras. Even though you were having really active conversations with the Blue Jays and the A's about their catcher, which tells you that they weren't necessarily looking to spend that money on Contreras, and then they had to give him an extra year because he wasn't necessarily sold on coming here, even though he says all the right things now, and he, you know, performs manual on the fan base, and that, you know, gets people all worked up. But this is the starting staff you're going to have? And, 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 and the, the issue is the starting staff isn't really, at this moment, I think the biggest issue, the biggest issue is the offense. So even if the offense could somehow get right, they're going to have to go crazy offensively in order to, uh, to, to make up for the fact that, you know, at, the, at best, minus Montgomery and, and Michaelis, uh, you're going to have to score a bunch of runs because as, as it's currently constructed, that rotation is a bottom third of the league rotation. I would imagine Libertor is coming up. I would imagine that's going to happen. I would imagine Matz is out at some point. Woodford's got to be out at some point. But, uh, you know, Wainwright starts on Saturday, and I would imagine Libertor replaces Matz the next time around. That would be what I would gather will happen. Doug, I would think. Doug, the uh, Cardinals traded uh, Patrick Wisdom for Drew Robinson, who played five games for the And Cardinals. Drew Robinson is considered the third-ranked prospect in baseball right now. I don't he know is, that he is. He is hitting 420 at uh, Memphis. Is that correct, Jackson? Uh, no, he now plays for the Giants and has a career war of negative mm. .5. Wisdom, as I remember, he, he played well when he was with the Cardinals in the brief time he was here. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I was kind of surprised when they got rid of him, why they got nothing for him, why they never really well, liked we have him a, very much. We, have, we typically have a log jam of well below average outfielders, and we have to get rid of typically the best ones of the bunch yeah. um, so we can keep the uh, the stragglers. And Sean Murphy, <laughs> the fact that we didn't trade any prospects who are still dying on a vine down in the minors, I, I realize you have to also give him $73 million, but he is just blowing away the Wilson Contreras deal, just absolutely blowing it away. He has four times as many home runs, over twice as many RBIs, has three times the war. I mean, and the Steven Matz deal may be the worst one the Cardinals have ever had. Oh, I think we can probably I don't know. Give you I, nine others to get into the top ten. I, I, I mean, ugh. the issue with the Steven Matz deal is that was supposed to be a supplemental piece for the back end of the rotation, and now he, along with Michaelis after the extension, are the only two guys who you know are going to be around beyond this year. So this thing is, uh, and hey, you know, Paul Goldschmidt is not 28. Uh, I know he's only been here for a short amount of time relative to how you get comfortable with players such as Wainwright Pools and Molina and how long they were around, um, in the case of specifically Wainwright Molina and then 10 years for Albert before he left. But, you know, this is, uh, this is quite a situation. Now, with that said, I still expect them to improve from where they are, although now the bar is so damn low, that's not really a, a particularly... Bold statement. Your thoughts, although many people are giving them already, 314-881-TMA5. You can get involved in the program, EDF text inbox, and you are welcome to uh, sign up for the Dotem because we have, I think, two foursomes left for Thursday. It's presented by Michelob Ultra. Uh, Go online at TMASTL.com. Michelob Ultra, sponsor of our studios, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbohydrates. James Carlton is my insurance agent. He's online at carltoninsurance.net. 314-961-4800. Or go online at carltoninsurance.net to sign up and work with the best. 310 five-star reviews for James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. That's James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. My insurance agent, the Plowhawks Insurance Agent. 314-961-4800. Hey, it's Jackson. Here to talk to you about Factor. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. My favorite part about Factor is the convenience of it all. These are no-prep, no-mess meals ready to go in two minutes. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. They've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash 50 and use code McKernan50 to get 50% off. That's code McKernan50 at factormeals.com slash 50 to get 50% off. Uh, Doug, do you tell the people about Green Envy? Well, the one thing that they can take care of, Tim, is, is crabgrass, which is a big problem in this area. 
Uh, if you can't get rid of the crabgrass, you're never going to have a very good yard. But boy, they've got it figured out at Green Envy. And the thing about them, if they come down to your yard and they, they put down the crabgrass preventer and it comes back, they will come back out again and again, however long it takes, to get rid of that crabgrass so you can go thick, green, lush grass like we have now, thanks to Green Envy. Uh, and it's 636-757-1600 is the number. They're open 12 hours a day, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 9 to 1, to take your calls and answer your questions. Doug and I have had them both work on our yards. Our Ooh. grass is lush as the day is long, courtesy of the people at Green Envy. Support the sponsors. It's Green Envy. Uh, hey, fellas, one big thing I noticed last night was Bailey's never panning around the stadium throughout the game. Why? Because there were probably a maximum of 8,000 fans in the stands. That's why. They are truly tone deaf at the start of the season, and we're only 30 games in. That is from mm. Corey. It's been a worst-case scenario all the way around. I'm sure they thought at the beginning of the year that Arnado and and Contreras would, would come close to their numbers from last year, and you'd, the middle of the lineup would be solid. And they thought O'Neill would bounce back, and they thought Newt Barr was ready to become a a, a highly productive outfielder, and, and none of that has happened. Yeah, but they, none play of it has that, happened. they play that game every year. The woulda, coulda, shoulda, oh, he may get back to a 2019 form. He may get back to, you know, what he did four or five years ago. Or you point out that the two months he had last year as an outlaw, you know. It's it just they always reach for the stars, and and they're way too hopeful. I, I just – and that always bites him in the butt. I mean, Moselock this year before the season started – was asked why they didn't get additional starters, and he said straight out, he said, well, we have six starting pitchers already. And look at that staff. I mean, it, it, they are tone deaf, man. Uh, Larry Thornton says what's crazy is they could have had Murphy but are scared to depart with prospects. Correct. And then some of those prospects don't play and lose value, and then we hear of a log jam, and they give those players away eventually for peanuts. That's from Larry Thornton. Yeah, we've heard yeah. a lot about prospects who then wind up being – uh, you know, either just given away for nothing. I just listed some of the league leaders. And what does that speak to with the organization at the major league level that these guys leave and then they wind up having the kinds of years that they have? I mean, you could yeah. go around baseball and look at former Cardinals and you go, boy, that's a hell of a team. So they are drafting them. They are identifying the talent. They're just not optimizing it once they start climbing the organization. And yeah. either way, there isn't a, a pitching staff at the major league level, that even if you had this offense, even if you had an outfield with these guys, um, then I guess you'd have Wisdom uh, wherever you'd want to play him. For the record, uh, while Wisdom was here, uh, he played in uh, 32 games, 50 RBIs, or excuse me, 50 at-bats, and hit four home runs and had 10 RBIs, uh, hit 260, had an OPS of 882. So there is uh, Patrick Wisdom's number. And they well, traded that's him better than O'Neill. That's better than Dylan Carlson. That's and he gave him thirty-two games where he decided to. Yeah, I don't get it, it. It could be when you run down that list of guys who are near the league leaders that used to be in the Cardinals that that's one reason why they're hesitant to part with their their prospects is because you know they've seen some of these guys really shine somewhere else. They don't want to get rid of them. We didn't even mention Sandy Alcantara, who last year was maybe the best pitcher in the National League. Both him and Gallon. That was him and Gallon went from Marcelo Zuna to the Marlins. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Embarrassing. Well. Well, at the time, you needed Ozuna, and he had a good year. So, I actually didn't mind the trade at the time. I'm a, I, that was my hindsight like I actually like to trade, so I, I, it's hard for me to bring up Sandy Alcantara because I thought it was a need at the time, and at the time Alcantara didn't make one single major league baseball start. The issue was sure. the Cardinals wanted Stanton, whether you want to do results oriented on that, and he didn't want to come here, um, and uh, and then they really wanted Yelich, I think, the most of the three, but the Marlins were saying that he wasn't in play, and so then they they settled. So they've had the identifiers on the players they want, but then they wind up having to settle or part ways. For the record, by the way, down at uh, Memphis last night, Jordan Walker is now hitting 158 since going down. He is 0 for 3 last night with two strikeouts uh, and left five on base. Uh, so there's your Jordan Walker update from Doug. Down on the farm. You like that? Down yeah. on the farm. I don't mind it. He's a farmhand. I like Marcelo Zuna's – I like his hitting sleeve – what I didn't like was when he would jump up on the outfield wall 
ready to make a great catch, and then the ball would bounce at the front of the track. You didn't enjoy that, that happened much? to him once. The gift you know? of that is one of the funniest things because, like, looking at the full video, you kind of understand, okay, he overran it. But the gift just makes him look like he was 50 feet from it climbing on a wall. I, I <laughs> love that moment in history. <laughs> well, I guess if you take the law of averages into account, we were about due for just a horrendous Cardinal season, and I think maybe we're right smack dab in the middle of it now. I, you know, it's one thing if you have a bad season. It's another thing if you have it with this, you know, with, with the corners that you have. You have two MVP candidates, and you have Adam Wainwright in his final year, not because he's going to be a Cy Young candidate. Um, you just, and you go out and sign, you know, the premier free agent at catcher to replace Yadi or Molina. And, you know, you're supposedly, you know, I mean, Ali Marmol before the season started. Well, we know who our 3 4 5 are. Well, I, I don't know if they've hit 3 4 5 together in the last week or two uh, because they're having to move things around because, in particular, Arnado is, is not hitting. Goldschmidt's been fine, and Contreras started off terribly and got it going. You know, he didn't catch last night, so then automatically that means you got a real situation with Kisner there. He hasn't been as terrible offensively as he was in the spring, but he's certainly not a bat that I would imagine the Angels were too concerned about. Um, yeah, it's just uh, it's, a, it's a different look at the moment than what it was when they exited Jupiter, Florida. They need to trade Edmund O'Neill for pitching debt. Let Mason win and Walker play. If we're going to suck, might as well see what the kids can do. That's from uh, Junior the Juice Man. Hunchback of On Castle. The 1973 Cardinals were 8 and 23 and then went 16 and 2. They ended the season 81 and 81. Doug, there you go. So that's yeah. our hope until we finish 500. Sweet. Um, um, did Marmel say something last night? Um, <laughs> Marmel, Marmalade. Marmel, Marmy. <laughs> did Marmy say something last night? I Doug, Larry Marmy, who is <laughs> I, uh, the best. <laughs> I thought he saw, I saw a quote last night where I don't know what the question was, um, but he said, look, these teams come out and they play even harder against us because we've been good for so long. Yeah, it's kind of, they said... Yeah, we have that soundbite. Take a listen, you'll be able to hear it. Doug, this is Larry Marmee, former Rams defensive coordinator. Yeah, he's just the best. He just is. He might be a better choice. Doug? You gonna hit the lever, Plowsy? (laughs) What was that? Yeah. In a stretch like this, do you view it that there needs to be some sort of flashpoint or rally point to, to turn things around, or is it just a matter of maintaining the processes that you guys believe in, as you mentioned? What do you mean by that? If, if there's some kind of emotional moment that can happen, a, a positive swing that goes your guys' direction that can be a launching off point, or is it just a matter of you got to kind of make those things happen through sticking with what you guys believe? No, we got to make that happen. No one's feeling sorry for us right now, okay? The, the league loves watching us fail because we're good every year. Um, so there's not this a team guy. out there that, that's sitting back and, and feeling sorry for us. Uh, no one's going to hand us anything, and we're just going to have to d- dig deep and prove everybody wrong, and uh, we're up for the task. Huh. <laughs> well, you know, I'm sure there's some truth to that, what he says. I'm sure... Nobody does feel sorry for the Cardinals. Like the Dodgers having a down year or something. Everyone else is happy to see it. Well, does anybody feel sorry for any team? Is he no, the, not really. I think the uh, Milwaukee Brewers are sitting there. God, I feel bad for the Reds. Yeah, those teams that have been playing us in the playoffs in the past have been really shaking in their boots and they sweep us. Hmm. That's, yeah. We're intimidated. The intimidation factor is there when you can put Steven Matz and Woodford on the bump back-to-back nights. You're just you're going to see team jump for joy for that for all the right reasons. You're the well, three one four eight eight one TMA five EDF group text inbox, and you are also welcome to email in Design Air Heating and Cooling email of the day. Design Air is online at designairservice.com. Uh, Plowhawk and I were talking about uh, we we've had enough of forty degree temperatures done, on May third. That's it. Plowhawk, Plowhawk, t- tweet about the weather now. <laughs> I need to wait till after this. This starting this weekend. Okay, we what are, do we got? We're into we're into summer. It's official. Good. I see 90% chance of rain on Friday and then thunderstorms Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But the temperatures are warmer. Is that, do you think they're overstating that here on this? This is Apple weather. I don't trust Apple weather. I trust you. Tell no. me, tell me this rain isn't going to happen. Well, it's going to. No. Um, that's summer weather. Thunderstorms pop up. <clears throat> But we're in the 80s, high 70s. We get into the 80s. And so we're I done think, with the 40s. It's I think, over. I think we're going to stay like that. Well, I mean, it's May. Of course, I remember one time, I think I was caddying for Cletus. 
in a fan page club champion second round Thought match. Thought you were when Iggy was caddying for Cletus in no. second round match. I got a no, picture somewhere no. at home. Well, I got a you stocking, sent a picture to Doug. I got a stocking cap on. I got three coats on. I think it was like May 4th. Nice. When he played his second round match. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? But I think we're done with that. I think we're in the 70s and 80s from now on. There you go. Well, the, the forecast certainly, it might be rainy, but it, it does have warm temperatures. That means the air conditioning tune-up time is here. Go to designairservice.com and work with Seth Goldcamp and his wonderful staff at designairservice.com. You go there and you get uh, the uh, chat spot right away. When you open it up, they uh, will talk to you and help you out quick, fast, in a hurry. It's Design Air Heating and Cooling online at designairservice.com. Design Air Heating and Cooling, the official HVAC provider of the Tim McKernan Show and the Ryan Kelly Morning After. We have a TMA app contest going on right now. Win tickets to Aerosmith's Farewell Tour on October 26th at Enterprise Center. The tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. You just go to the TMASTL app to sign up for it. That's a TMA app contest going on. And, of course, if you want to be the TMA Listener of the Month to join Chairman Steve from Wildwood, our April winner, you got to apply at TMASTL.com. It's the Milagro Tequila Listener of the Month. Welcome to a brighter side of tequila with Milagro, and we would like to thank our loyal 7 o'clock hour sponsorship, and that is Munganess, Munganess St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota online at stlouisacura.com and altontoyota.com. Munganess, longtime sponsor of TMA, Tim McKernan Show, and now presenting sponsor of Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. They have a secret phone number, 314-252-0029, or go online at stlouisacura.com or altontoyota.com and work with Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson, Peter Munganess, they have a ridiculous selection right now of pre-owned vehicles. So if you're in the market for a pre-owned car, check out what they have for you at stlouisacura.com or altontoyota.com. And now you're working with Munganast, St. Louis Acura, Alton Toyota sponsor of the Munganast 7 o'clock hour and our daily fantasy sports showdown. There it is. Uh, Doug, I know you wanted to talk about the uh, round of 32 now on the Fan Page Club Championship. No. Um, Sean Barnes sent over the updated bracket uh, this is uh, this is interesting to me. Uh, Buck Swope kind of broke down the numbers on it. He said Jackson and Todd Callahan are in great shape after all the low best players were wiped out of their bracket while the better players dominated in the other brackets. Here are the win splits. High versus low. Oh, in oh for heaven's I'm sakes. Done. I'm done, actually. Even we don't do that. Uh, Win splits. <laughs> overall, the higher handicap won nine times. The lower handicap won 17 times. And then he writes, buh, tied or within a stroke, six times. So there are your 32 winners. The higher handicap won nine times. The lower handicap won 17 times. And then they tied or within a stroke six times. In Jackson's bracket, the higher handicap won five of the eight matches. The lower handicap only won one, and then there were two tied or within a stroke. Uh, Jackson, uh, that's a hell of an observation, whereas in the other three brackets, the higher handicap only won four times, and the lower handicap won 16 times, but tied or within a stroke four times. Those are incredible analytics on this Jay Randolph Jr. Fan Page Club Championship presented by Michelob Ultra. Great work by Buck Swope. Yeah, it's couldn't agree more. Great. Couldn't They're agree. all gonna go out the door. These. It's great. No, but it's good information. What does that mean? It's good a, information. A stroke. It's match play. It's just information. The stroke of the handicap. It's not good. So, like me and Jakey, Jakey rolling okay, one. Okay, I thought he was talking about matches. One stroke separated between the deuce of us. So, how excited are you about your bracket opening up for you to go on a really nice, nice run? Do you feel like Alabama? Uh, a top seed as it was, and then the bracket just w- opens up with a with a with a Princeton, for example, that wound up upsetting the, your Missouri Tigers, and then you have San Diego State in there, and, 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 and of course we saw what happened, but the bracket has opened up for you in this tournament. Yeah, you know it's uh, it's it's exciting to see. However, it doesn't change my strategy mm. per se. Mm. You know, every day you go out there and you're just trying to hit golf shots, so. Don't say golf shots. We know it's golf. Just say shots. 
and you got to, you know, got to get up and down, got to scramble right. as well as I did on uh, Sunday. And I should be in good shape no matter who I play. So that, you know, as much as it excites me to hear those analytics and thank you to Buck Swope for them. Yeah, those are great. Um, we're still going to go out there. And again, like I said, just try to hit some golf shots. Uh, what happened to you, Plowsy? You lost to Cisco? <laughs> oh, Oh, dude, it wasn't even golf at some point. Like, the wind, like, it, it would change so much. Like, so, I mean, Cisco won fair and square on 17 or 16, but, dude, that wind was it's stupid. I'd never play in that again. Yeah, Tim and I were talking. The uh, the higher handicaps have trouble in the wind. So oh, you would think mo- good a lot of the low handicaps would have straight up in the air. fared better than that wind than the high handicappers. It, 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 the wind killed me. I only played two rounds this year anyway. So, Cisco loved the golf, though. Like, my group was fantastic. Guy was in great spirits, and the guy um, who replaced you, Iggy, Klaus or Kraus or whatever. How do you handle Guy? He was up too early, and then I think he lost at 16, um, but still played for the skin game. And I think on 18, that guy birdied and won a skin, too. So, good for a him. birdie on 18 won a skin? Really? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, at least I and saw that was it in the, the low flight. Jeez, the A flight. I thought that's alarming. That'd be, that'd be hard to imagine. I mean, eighteen is kind of like a par three and a half. Or Lean down wind, I should say. Yeah, and it was downwind. Yeah, I, I had driver eight iron in. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> so Jackson Buck Swope's numbers, boy Doug, you're right when you said let's talk about this at seven. I never said fifty seven fifty five. Jackson Tim Rendleman is a, a chorus eleven. Uh, he is your next opponent. Drew Walters is a chorus eleven. Do you say Charles Gautier or Gauthier? I guess uh, Gauthier. I'd rather say Gauthier. Yeah, Gauthier. I'll go with that. Like using the other name. They're both elevens. I mean, everybody in the top tier of Jackson's bracket minus Jackson are eleven chorus handicaps. Then you look at the bottom half of that bracket, and you have uh, Eric Callison's a chorus thirteen. Uh, and then you have Todd Callahan, and we saw what he did in 2021. We know he has the game to do it. He is the lowest handicap remaining in that bracket as a course seven. Uh, Phil Elfrink is a course eight, and KG and O-Town is in that bracket. Jackson and KG and O-Town could be on a collision course as a course 12. That bracket has really opened up for Jackson, Doug. Buck Swope's numbers are so right. Yeah, given, given pops to pretty much everybody, not really where I like to be, but... Um... You know, it's fine. Like I said, it's all about golf God, shots. This is your year. You're going to show Mr. Licks. I hope so. You know, I'm yeah, I'm trying to find something in my game, and we're getting closer and closer every day. We are. So feeling what good are you about trying it. trying to find? Uh, just that consistency in the ball striking department, you know, because I can control a lot of things around the greens. I feel better than I have in years past. Ball striking has improved, but still a lot to work on. So if I can capitalize on both of those things and, and – Start clicking at the right time. I'm as dangerous as anybody. Oh my God! Oh, for heaven's sakes! This is fun to see, Doug. He's coming into his own. Nobody on the dais has ever won the Jay Randolph Jr. Fan Page Club Championship. Some have forfeited before they got to the championship, right? <laughs> that's, oh yeah, that's that is correct. That's that happened last year. Uh, yeah. Mr. Licks has issued a statement. I don't know when you factor in the fact that Jackson is a worse player than a ten, but won't admit it, and will get defensive upon this text being read. He's got quite the mountain to climb to get through the next round. That's from Mr. Licks. Oh, listen, you're gonna have supporters. You're gonna have dissenters. Mr. Licks has clearly uh, shown which side of the aisle he's gonna be on, and that's fine. He's never really played with me. So to say that I'm worse than a 10, I'm an 11, actually, as of right now. Uh, so that is factually accurate. Nice. But uh, if you would like to play and play me, you know, one-on-one, I don't know what your handicap is, but I will play you, you have anytime, Put anywhere. your golf where your mouth is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, anyone can text in. Probably can someone, can someone <laughs> you know, put the sweat down and start playing me? That's a different story. That yeah, takes actual say put courage. put the sweat down. Well, it takes actual courage to actually play somebody, sending in a text, on the other hand. Wow, Maybe. Mr. Licks, you've been challenged. Yeah, why don't you take him to your home course out of Tapawingo, Licks? Mm. I like Tapawingo. So do I, but it's not the club's uh, country clubs. He says he well, belongs yeah, it's to. yeah, public Glog. Uh, good morning. I didn't realize this tournament really is the highlight of these facts here. Jesus, that's from the hunchback of Vaughn Castle. Mr. Licks just wrote in 11.4, but okay. What does that mean, Doug? 11.4. Is that one of those signs you put Jackson's. on the back of your car? Oh. That's my current index. Yeah. Yeah. Play me, baby. I'm ready. Oh, now you're trash talking. I'm like not. Licks. I'd I would like, like to play Licks. him. I would like Licks to tell you about what his handicap is. I mean, I went for him on gin, and he, his name's up there, but there's no handicap. 
no scores. Well, well, maybe he's never played. I was kind of. I tell you what, uh, when I when I got out, I was pretty happy to drive back to my car because it was so windy. <laughs> you didn't enjoy yourself because of the wind. I actually had a blast with the group, but like the, I love Gateway because they don't have trees. But in those situations, you like some tree coverage from the wind. There was just no escaping it. Yeah. It was truly brutal. Yeah, we were crediting you, Higgy, for the WD. Yeah, I, I, the whole time well, I'm thinking, man. When I, the, the shoulder didn't feel that great, but when I saw that weather, I said, well, it was an easy decision here. The WD? Yeah. I mean, that's not, that's not golf. I mean, you're playing in wind chills of in the 40s and, you know, wind blowing 30, 35 miles an hour. I mean, that's, you can't have fun playing in that. It I wasn't. Was gonna get it, was, it wasn't pleasant. I can tell you that. Yeah, I was going to get. I would turn away from the wind and just let it pepper my back with its seed, the violent piercing of the hawk. No. Oh. And, and there were gunshots also to the north of Gateway National. I don't know what that was. Oh, you heard dude, gunshots. There were like. A, yeah. There was like a shooting range. Was that what it was? Really nice sitting on my ball. Uh, guys, great to hear Iggy back on the air after a four-day shoulder ouchie vacation. Welcome back. Thanks. That's from the Thornbush. You guys see Gould's tweet yesterday. He said it takes some time to stitch patches on shirts. So that's just something I thought we might, might want to talk about. <laughs> well, I mentioned it after Blousey said they, it'd be better if they put the patch on. And I said, that's probably why not. It takes a while. <laughs> so it tied into the conversation. <laughs> and it's not like you got to do a thousand jerseys. You're doing what? 25, 30? I'm just, saying, I'm just telling you what Gould said. I don't know. I'm not a patch maker. <laughs> he did tweet out that it takes a while to put patches on. Did he really? He answered some guy's question. I think some guy said it would have been better if they had used the Mike, put an announcement for the Mike Shannon patch. Yeah. And he said, I get where you're coming from, but it takes a while to get these put together. You can't just put them together in a couple of days. God, I, 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 I'll say this again. This is respectful. Doug, you remember what it was like when we were at KMOV and, and we knew Jack Buck's health was failing you're kind of on call for the situation when it happens. Like, so when I got the phone call at 1040 the night he passed away, uh, I remember saying to my girlfriend at the time, I go, oh, my God, I bet Jack Bucks died. And then I went down to the station and anchored coverage uh, with everybody in the sports department. We did that, you know, for I don't even know. It was like a, a pope had passed is what it was like when Jack Buck died in 2002. You, the Cardinals had an idea that this was coming. You know, you wouldn't go. Oh my God! I mean, anybody who was close to Mike Shannon knew that that this was that this was coming. So, you know, but, but then again, I I don't know how long it takes to stitch, and so <laughs> I need to withdraw from the conversation. Well, it's done by machine. Okay. And if you got one circular patch, I imagine you could put a patch on a jersey in all minute, <laughs> two minutes. I'm just going by what Gould said. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it. You know. You got to make the patch. It doesn't take much to sew it on, but you got to make it. Well, no, I'm but that's what Tim could, was saying. Yeah. The patches should have been made already. Well, I guess. I mean, that's kind of morbid. You tell <laughs> and they patch maker, right? Yeah, but we had Jack, Jack. But people, there's obituaries probably for people who are alive right now, ready at television stations all over the world. That's just kind of what you do. Is more, and it is morbid. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. But that is reality. <clears throat> well, they'll have one soon. Uh, caller Buzz, who talks about getting fingered by his wife. I called it on the 24th that Iggy would withdraw. It was obvious when he found out he wasn't playing with Tim. Then you could tell that is when the soap plan was put in place. That's from Caller Buzz. So he's saying you made up that you fell on soap and hurt your shoulder. That's Caller Buzz. Well, uh, I saw that I wasn't playing with Tim. I had the last few years. <laughs> but I was looking forward to playing with Plowsy. Plows, oh, Plowsy's fun to play with, and Cisco's a good dude. Yeah, Cisco's Cisco awesome. is a good guy. He was and fantastic Gee, as well. uh, is fun to play with, and uh, Cletus told me that Mike Lee wouldn't be with him, that the Florida Flower would be with him. So. Yeah, Flower, I for, shout out to Flower. He was pushing the, the uh, Gee's bag. Oh, um, Gee walked? Yeah, no, Gee rode, but Flower pushed his bag, so Flower <laughs> walked. <laughs> Isn't that wild? <laughs> but Gee walked a little Hold bit, on I a guess. a second. Why... <laughs> So Gee was riding in the cart. No, Gee the was, cart which Gee was, holds the golf bag, but the Florida Flower, Cletus is, as he's known, married gentleman on retainer, was pushing Gee's bag. No, Gee would ride in the cart on occasionally in my car, but he was walking a lot of it I too. See. Yeah, but the Florida Flower was pushing his bag. Correct. Okay. Well, hammering uh, fireball shots. Oh, 
and the Florida Flower is Cletus's side dude? <laughs> yes, he's one right? of the ones that right. live. He's Florida the Flower. married one that live in the basement. Oh. Good okay. morning. I enjoyed the day, but I upped my beer and weed intake. Also, I'm used to hearing gunfire. And can the remaining players wear a patch honoring me for the Fan Page Club Championship? That's from Steve in Wildwood. Chairman Steve, I apologize. I don't think there'll be any patches for him yet. I tell you what, I could not stop laughing yesterday because I I was with Tim when I saw the announcement. I assumed it was going to be like an addition to ballpark. Oh, I saw it and I knew it was coming. I'm going, oh boy, this isn't going to go well. And it was like one thirty. I'm like, oh man, I got to wait two and a half hours until they do something like this. And yeah, it was. uh, You were loaded for bear right at four o'clock. I was ready to roll, especially after I saw him hyping up the patch. I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then you had people. I didn't really think about it, like. The quote-unquote integrity and the uh, tradition of the jersey is now tainted. I didn't even really think about that when seeing the patch. Is that a thing? Like, I don't want it to turn into NASCAR, but I I thought that one subtle patch on the sleeve isn't a huge deal in terms of what the jersey looks like. I understand where people are coming from with it, but it it was inevitable, so I don't really... It's just not... It's like the DH thing. Personally, I don't prefer it, but I understand that I'm in the minority and that that was the way the game was going, and... I'll pick my battles, so to speak. But the timing of the announcement, yeah, and, and honestly, Doug, is this is this is on me. I didn't even think about the Mike Shannon part of it. That didn't even cross my mind. I figured it was a business announcement of some kind when I saw it, and that's, that's not that wasn't really a great read. Anybody who's been following the organization knows if it's a baseball announcement, Mazalek's going to talk. If it's a business announcement, Bill DeWitt III's going to talk, and if it's a huge announcement, Bill DeWitt Jr. is going to be there. So when yeah. it was Bill DeWitt III, I'm like, okay, you know. It's some kind of business partnership. Didn't even cross my mind, the Mike Shannon thing, but I agree with Iggy that they probably wouldn't have had a press conference for the Mike Shannon patch. It would just be on there. Right. right. Yeah, John Euler well, may the, say something before the game or during the, you know, before they start that the Cardinals are wearing the 18 patch, but they wouldn't have had a press conference. The steeple patch doesn't bother me at all. They're on the Blues helmets, too, and, you know, who, who cares? When, when salaries on players just continue to go to ridiculous levels, they got to maximize every ounce of revenue they can. And on the other side of that, the inevitable restructuring of the television rights deal, which most likely will be an indirect correlation with the jersey rights. I cannot imagine that they are going to be making as much from television rights, at least, you know, inflation adjusted, uh, in, in 10 years as they as they are have been with the cable rights fees. And I know that might sound really surprising or maybe it sounds obvious i don't know but um the that that thing is blown up and that was 70 million dollars for the cardinals and you talk about the payroll being around 160 170 well you get an idea of how substantial that is and that is why i think there is a possibility that is what happened this off season because i just can't imagine that they just flat out lied i just i mean you can be mad at them and all that stuff i just can't imagine they flat out lied because that means they don't lied to no arenado if indeed if indeed that Mazalek flew out there and had that conversation and told them what the game plan was for the offseason. And I can't imagine Nolan Arnato as a baseball man and a competitor who wants to compete for world championships uh, was like, oh, good. So we've got the Michaelis, Flaherty, Montgomery, Wainwright, Matt's rotation locked in. All right, let's go get him. All we need is a catcher. Can't imagine that's the way that it went. I believe they wanted Sean Murphy most. Didn't get it done. Plan B was probably one of the catchers in Toronto. And then plan C was Contreras. But they wanted to hold on to the prospects. You know, it wasn't very long ago. It was less than a year ago how important Dylan Carlson was. Now he's behind Alec Burleson on the, the depth chart. But again, I still think there's a chance Alec Burleson won some kind of contest and they just haven't publicized yet. Maybe that'll be the press conference today. Uh, um, yeah, they are crying poor because of this deal and won't spend money. Then say that. Say that. And also acknowledge this team isn't very good. In little we will be done to improve it midseason. Uh, that's from Big Tough. Doug, do you think we will see a press conference today <laughs> in which they will say they will not be spending money and they will not do anything about it and that the team is not very good? <laughs> yeah, and that's going to do it for the press conference. We acknowledge that we're just not very good. Thank they, you all for coming. And they won't take questions either. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'd enjoy that press conference. I don't know even what you can do at this point. Do they have any hot trade items that... 
that someone's going to give you a top-notch pitcher for? The only the only organization I think at this point that might be willing to do something uh, is the is the White Sox. They do have pieces. They do have players who are up after this year. They also have some players that would be of interest that have some years of control left. That would be the one. I mean, everybody in the American League East is above 500. The American League Central makes the National League Central uh, look like the American League East. I mean, what a group of butt-asses that is. There's one team above 500, and it's the Twins. Everybody else is below 500, and the White Sox and Royals don't even have double-digit wins left or double-digit wins yet. I don't recognize the A's as a major league franchise. They're 6-24, and 24 and that's just whoever gets to play them this year. It's like Vanderbilt and the SEC. Uh, and, and then the Cardinals have the worst record in the National League, the Cardinals and the Rockies. That's where it is. But as you were saying, Doug, there's so many issues that it's, it's which one thing do you tend to. I believe the offense has to be better. I just I can't imagine it continues this way. So that's something that I am bullish on. But rotation-wise... What are the realistic ceilings for the guys who are in the starting rotation? And then when you go there, you don't go, okay, well, that's going to compare with take your pick of whichever rotation of a, of a real pennant contending team you would, would throw out there. But the thing is, we knew about that going into the season, and I think that is why the frustration is at the peak that it is, because the problems they're having were predictable, and that's the core issue. we got to take a break. It's 8-12. Close out the Munganess, St. Louis Acura, Alton Toyota, 7 o'clock hour. Come back with our appliance discounters, 8 o'clock hour. This is the Ryan Kelly Morning After from the Michelob Ultra Studios.